Hello all to episode 33 of the Bonfire Banter podcast with me, Megan, aka Bonfire Cherry, with my wonderful and amazing co-host. I'm Dean from DG Web Consultancy. And this episode, uh, second episode with our wonderful guest, Kate. Kate. Is it Kate or Katie? It's Katie, but call me Kate is fine. Everybody calls me Kate. <laughs> And you, um, you run Dot and Dash, Dotty and Dash. Dotty and Dash, yeah. And I thought in this episode we'd talk a bit about Prince as both of us do it. That's Prince, not the artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about Prince, unfortunately, so I couldn't really talk very much about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I know he had a big ego, but that's all I know. <laughs> also, I, I do like his um, When Doves Cry. Yeah, Bit of that's Purple Rain, I like that. And the song out of Pretty Woman, the Kiss one, I like that. But that literally, that's all I know about him, don't it? I think Purple Rain is the only song of, a, of um, Prince I can actually name. It's a good song. There might I be like others, it. but um, yeah, I'm terrible from remembering song titles in general. The one um, in Pretty, pretty Woman that she sings in the bar. I'm really good at getting songs stuck in my head, but I can't always actually remember what they're called. So my head's like a bit of a jukebox. I know what the title episode for this is going to be Prince or Prince. Good. Yeah, so just going on from the last episode, so when did you start Prince again? It was a few um, few months ago. Uh, it was last year. I think it was, I can't really remember properly. I think I kind of started doing it or maybe August time. So where are we now, June? Oh, so actually it's 10 months and I said eight months, but yeah, I didn't. That's all right. It's a slight mistake. <laughs> yeah. We'll forgive you. I think it probably, like I started selling straight away which was really good, but it properly started to take That's off. lucky. Yeah, it was really lucky. I think I'd, I spent a lot of time thinking about it before I actually set it up in terms of like, I think because it's stuff that I'm interested in anyway. So like on social media and stuff, I follow interiors accounts. So I suppose I'm quite up to date with what's on trend and what people would like. So that probably helped, but it's what I'm interested in. Um, and so I suppose when I started designing and creating prints, I maybe had an idea of what might sell. I didn't know if it was going to sell, but I thought it might. Um, and yeah, I was just really lucky that, um, they started selling within a couple of days, really. I was really shocked that I got a sale straight away. I was like, what? Like I didn't even have all the stuff to kind of package it all up and everything because I knew I wanted to like wrap them up all nicely like you do. And then I was like, oh God, I don't like that. So I went to Sainsbury's and went to like the gift wrapping bit and got some like gift wrap and stuff because I was like, oh God, I've got to actually like send one off to a customer now and it's got to look nice. Only because I I wasn't really prepared because I didn't think it happened so quickly, I guess. Yeah, my first order was about one or two months after I started my Etsy shop. God, it'd be seven years ago now. And um, it was the first order was to America. Wow, it was, that's good. Uh, it was a, um, a print um, inspired by um, Bagsy and a statue I saw on the V&A a few years ago, what I call the Mysterious Philosopher. I have to say that completely wrong, but. Oh, well. Do you know what? I've got my computer in front of me. I don't even know. I can't remember what the first one was that I sold. I'm going to have a look, actually. Oh, well, Betsy, I've got a, tr- a tricky. I started off on it, went for my own website, came back to Etsy. Yeah. Went back to my website, 
went back to Etsy and I was part of the local Etsy group, which I left after a while and decided just to reopen my shop again on my website. Yeah, I remember you being a part of that, actually. It was all right, but I'd like to say more about the group, but I don't want to be sound unprofessional. I say when none of this is recorded. Okay. <laughs> you can tell me later, Bella, because I do want to know now you've said that. Okay, I'd be interested to know, what was your approach to marketing and kind of how it compares to how Megan started? Um, I think when I started, I didn't probably really have an approach to marketing because it was all a bit, it was literally like, um, I knew I wanted to do something and my end aim, and, and it's probably still my end aim, and I guess hopefully maybe I'll expand into that, was like designing and selling my own stationery. Um, and then I thought, well, what have I got at home that I can use to create things that I could potentially make money off to get me some money that I could then go into that, if that makes sense? Um, and so I was like, well, I've got a printer. I'm pretty good at drawing and designing things. Why don't I give it a go? I like the things that I design and I put them up around my house. Maybe people will want to pay for them. Maybe they won't. And like that, literally that was it. And I knew like, I didn't really want it to cost me a lot of money having to buy like loads of stock or anything like that to begin with. So I just used, which was a pretty crappy printer to be honest, but I knew I could get the quality good enough to make the prints all right. And I ordered some like, you know, really decent paper on the internet. Um, and yeah, and, and it worked. <laughs> but it was a really... You know, it was really, I didn't know if it was going to work or not. So I didn't market it or anything to begin with because I just thought, well, if I'm doing it through Etsy, I'm paying them fees, they're going to market it for me. And if, if people like it, they'll buy it, I guess. Um, but now, now further into it, now I've kind of got Instagram and Pinterest and things like that. And, and, and I get sales through that. Obviously, I still get the most through Etsy, but I make enough money that it's, you know, the fees are high but I make enough money to kind of counteract the fees, if that makes sense. So you started on the marketplace and just kind of built up your audience through social media. The wonders of social media. (laughs) The wonders of social media. But I used to like, and and this is how kind of like me and Megan met, because um, I did blogging to begin with. Um, I had my own blog. So I think I kind of got what I needed to do on social media from that anyway. So I knew I could kind of build up my social media at a later date if I could get the business going, if that makes sense. So that's so I can spend more time doing that now. So, and I do. I suppose when it comes to be a digital print, it's a lot easier. I'm just looking at your Etsy shop and how you, um, I'm guessing it's like a mock-up stencil you use for like the photograph that you change the picture of the, one of the prints, I'm guessing. So that's that's a lot that's a lot easier than what I do because obviously mine's a physical print, so I have to imagine how I'm gonna hang it out and making sure yeah. the light doesn't reflect off it. Yeah, it's probably a bit lazy, but it saves me so much time. It does look more professional. It just saves me so much time not having to take pictures. And I know that I could never make them look as good as just dropping it into a bit of art that's already there and that really helps me um and like yeah I do like my own drawing and things like that but I do it all on the computer so then it's already there and I can put it into a graphics program and manipulate it and do whatever I need to do with it 
and um, it's a lot less messy. I don't have to get paint or anything. <laughs> yeah, so I've changed how I've had to take photographs of my prints over the years, making sure you know, I've done them with the frame in or without the frame because I sell my prints without the frame. I don't bother. To, so I've only sold a pr- um, two prints uh, with, with a frame, but both times they arrived to the customer smashed. So I don't really bother that, that, and that, and it cuts down the, the cost as well. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like the biggest outlay, because I, I do free postage, because if you offer free postage through Etsy, they kind of put you higher up the listings. The biggest outlay that comes out of the money I get for my prints is the postage, because it's expensive. And I don't think people quite realise... To send an A3 print, it costs nearly four pounds. Yeah, and that's quite a big chunk when I'm selling one print for like twelve pounds or something. Well, well done on your new um, customer review today, by the way. Oh, thank you. I saw that earlier. <laughs> I just noticed it. So, not uh, from Sandy. Nicely packaged and protected. Super quick delivery. Thank you. Super quick delivery. I have I have no control over that. <laughs> well done, Royal Mail, for delivering it really quickly to them in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember one time I sent an order out to Leicester, and it came to me back back to me in the next day. Nothing was wrong with it. <laughs> oh, I went to the post office who checked it and said, "I don't know why it got sent back to you." And we can same here. Thank for the customer had a laugh, so she didn't mind being sent it back out. So only twice I've had to send an order back out due to um, mistakes. I had someone back to one back to America recently after the customer failed to pick it up. She just got around when she got around to collecting it. It was too late, so it took about, but took three months to get back to me from America. God, I've stopped selling internationally at the moment since like kind of the COVID since lockdown, really, I stopped selling internationally because everything was taking so long to get anywhere. It's true. I was getting so many messages from people, um, mostly in America. It's mostly America that I sell to. Um, and not, I mean, you know, the most I sell are in the UK, um, but in America, um, and then kind of like Australia and things like that, which takes weeks to get there. Yeah, I've sent, I've sent um, a lot of my customers are American and I've sent some of the same countries as you, I think. Yeah, it's just uh, I, when I re-sent the order out, I said, I, I said to the um, customer, well, there's no point doing tracking because it's going to take just as long as it did the last time. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've done it a couple of times when people have been like, especially over Christmas as well, and I think this Christmas, I will probably stop selling internationally as well because a couple of orders, people were just like, well, they've not arrived. And I had one lady who was like, um, well, it's a birthday present. And I was like, okay. I was like, but it's Christmas and I can't control that it, how long it's going to take. And I was like, I can resend it for you. But obviously you're going to have the same issue, but it's still probably yeah, going to take three weeks. She's like, well, you can resend it if you can get it to me by Tuesday. And it was Friday. And I was like, but you're in America. I'll like, never arrive by no. I was like, I don't know what you want me to do, but it's not going to get there. It's not like it's going to be the only birthday present around that time sent in the post. 
I was just like, oh God. So yeah, at the beginning of lockdown, I stopped selling internationally because it was just taking up such a lot of my time replying to people as well and saying the same thing over and over again. Even though I've got announcements all over my shops, there's announcements on every single listing saying it will take longer, like it'll take longer to the UK as well. But yeah, that was quite funny. But yeah, so I just thought I don't need that hassle at the moment and I'll just stop. What are your views on digital prints, um, Dean? The print company I used to work for, uh, I know they've turned over a few different uh, couriers in the past. I don't know if I should name drop their names necessarily, but I think it also seems to vary depending on region. I mean, in some parts of the country, deliveries seem to be perfectly fine. In other parts, they're just pretty crap. Yeah, that um, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So I almost thought about just creating a kind of database where you only use specific um, couriers or delivery companies for specific parts of the country, but it just complicates things a bit, unfortunately. It's definitely like, it's definitely affected, I think, with customers that I've had, depending on where they live. So I've been sending them out second class and some places are taking like a week. And then I had one woman, one woman message me. And this has only probably happened to me twice because I do package them really well. I put extra card in the envelope so they don't get bent. And one woman messaged me and I think literally Royal Mail must have just bent the whole envelope in half. that says do not bend on it. And she was like, it's, it's totally bent. And, blah, blah, blah. and I sent it out that evening at about five o'clock and she got it the next morning. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry it's bent. But I was so happy that it got so cool. yeah, that's very quick but also they've like obviously been chucking it around for so I was like I'm really sorry I'll send you out another one and it got there fine but um I don't know what they'd done with it to get it there that quickly <laughs> kicked it all the way there by the looks of it that's very surprising that is it was really it's probably only happened to me twice I think in 500 plus orders maybe they fired it out of a cannon and that's how it got there so fast possibly they did the postal cannon. I think she's in, like, I can't remember where she was. Not anywhere close to London. I was just, I was really happy that she got it the next morning. <laughs> she wasn't, but. Yeah, I ordered, I ordered something from Lush on, sat, um, on Saturday. And um, it's only got dispatched yesterday. See, I'm quicker than that. I know, it is. I think I actually ordered something from China, which arrived within two weeks, surprisingly. I, yeah, I ordered a like a throw for our bed and it i was expecting it to take weeks and weeks and weeks i ordered it on ebay not i didn't really register that it was from china and then i saw it and i was like oh it's gonna take ages and then it got here within about 10 days i think sounds reasonable it's like ordering from wish yeah i don't think i've ever ordered anything off there i've ordered a few things so every time i go into facebook it's all the like the rude stuff that comes up not the uh, in the, like the advertising bit like Crocless underwear, <laughs> toys. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed if you go on Wish, the products you see recommended always seem to end up going back to kind of that type of stuff. I've seen a lot. Of, have you seen these small music boxes? I saw a few times people were selling them through their own website. Um, it's like, it's like one doing the Harry Potter theme tune. And it was um, it was that same thing, and they had the exact same photo they had on Wish, but they were selling it for website breakfast double the price. There's a lot of people. I'm like a, a member of like an Etsy selling group on Facebook, which is really helpful. And like when you've got questions, you can find the answer there. But there's a lot of people moaning about that that people are that Etsy isn't handmade anymore because there's a lot of people buying things in bulk from China yeah. and then just like reselling them on 
there and Etsy don't seem to be doing anything about it. I've noticed that. I bought like a, it's like a leather kind of tray. I just take it with me when I go on holiday because basically it's just somewhere to dump my pockets, the contents of, so um, like keys and whatever. And it's just useful to know I've got everything just kind of one place. I think originally when I bought it, it was like a couple of quid off eBay. And then a few months later, I noticed it on Etsy for like £30. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people have been doing. We'll finish it there then. I've been Dean from GD Web Consultancy with... Megan, aka Bonfire Cherry, and our special guest... Kate from Dotty and Dash. Thank you very much for listening. If, if, you don't, if you've been liking what we've been talking, talking about, don't forget to like... Um, us on Facebook or follow us on different social media accounts and subscribe to us on the great shows or any podcasting platform of your choice. And definitely don't forget to check out Katie. She's got some very amazing prints that we've been talking about during this episode. Now I thought this, I end this episode with another creative fact from Buzzfeed. So, you know, it's a really good fact. Creatives intend to enjoy high-risk situations, apparently. So I'm just going to jump out this window. <laughs> yeah, so there's some correlation to taking creative risks, maybe. Seems like it. I don't think it means I want to like going on roller coasters. I don't think I like roller coasters very much. I don't mind them. I go to Disney World for most of my holidays, but they don't have that many roller coasters. <laughs> and I think that's everything. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.